The promise of America is being squandered. How are we going to restore our nation back to a sensible, citizen-centric government? Welcome to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. Joyce is a businesswoman, not a politician. And she's here to offer pragmatic, possible, and postpartisan solutions for the 21st century. Now, here's your host for Reimagine America, Joyce Cordy. The 2020 presidential election is not quite in the books, the history books, that is. But it's pretty clear, it is clear, that Joseph R. Biden will be the 46th president of the United States. There are still ballots to count in several states and recounts will be triggered in Georgia and perhaps in Wisconsin. And that might shift a few votes around. But the fact is that the people of the United States of America have spoken. Nearly 150 million Americans voted. That's the largest turnout in history because there was energy on both sides. Whether it was a Trump rally or a Biden party today, the streets in every major city were full of people celebrating celebrating mostly the end of the 2020 election campaign. There will be lots of time to take deep dives into the several lessons we should learn from this election. But one thing is completely clear. The United States of of America remains a center to center right nation. You want proof? Well, let's start with the really crazy stuff. Veteran Democratic operative James Carville and veteran Republican operative and nasty guy Rick Wilson, the guy who made Rudy Giuliani America's mayor, well, the two of them and Wilson's Lincoln Project partners worked openly and together and honestly together with the purpose of defeating Donald Trump. And they did that without either side giving in on their core principles. And I want you to hold that thought because I'm going to come back to it. Okay. You know, the Democrats nominated the most philosophically centrist, moderate candidate since Bill Clinton in 1992. Out of 17 possibilities, ranging from an unabashed socialist to the most centrist candidate since Bill Clinton in 1992, the Democrats nominated the most philosophically centrist candidate in the field. And Joe Biden chose a progressive as his running mate, but he did it for both political and personal reasons. Politically, he had promised voters a woman of color as his running mate. After all, it was the black vote in South Carolina that actually put him on the path to the White House. And that's a very conservative voting block. Yeah, these are not wild-eyed progressives you know, starting with James Clyburn um, and John Lewis. But ultimately, Joe Biden chose this progressive woman of color from the most progressive state in the union because of her friendship with his son, the late Beau Biden, and Beau's respect for Kamala's get-it-done attitude. As a running mate, she stressed Joe's positions not those she had taken 
in the primary, which by the way, had been rejected by the voters. Among the 70 million Americans who voted to reelect Donald Trump, and I know and have spoken with a ton of them over the past couple of days, they all to a person hearkened back to James Carville's 1992 mantra. It's the economy, stupid. That's a message that the Lincoln Project and other never-Trumpers also underscored. They echoed that message. Exit polls, for example, in the largely Hispanic Rio Grande Valley in Texas found very strong support for President Trump, President Trump's economic policies. Even in a period where that Rio Grande Valley is suffering disproportionately from the COVID pandemic, they also liked his position on the border. I mean, after all, they are right there. And there were a couple of reasons for that. That Rio Grande community is very up your, from your bootstraps entrepreneurial. They've enjoyed what they saw as the Trump economy. And illegal immigration in the Rio Grande Valley has disrupted their economy and brought unwanted, unneeded economic competition to the more established families in that region. Both really good reasons to support the status quo. In North and South Dakota, the two states per capita hardest hit by COVID in the entire country Trump prevailed because as George Bush's former communications director and now MSNBC host, Nicole Wallace observed, people seem to prioritize their economic health in the Dakotas over their physical health. New York City folks, like she and Brian Williams, who, with whom she had shared this thought, economic security is a given to them. They're more worried about the physical health issue. In the Rust Belt, including much of Pennsylvania, blue-collar workers turned to Joe Biden after four years of a Donald Trump economy that helped industrial stockholders, but not them as individual stakeholders in that economy. Further, outbreaks of COVID in the Rust Belt region are in the view of many in that area, an impediment to economic recovery. I mean, they remember the month that most of the auto factories were shut down. They suffered. And you know, beyond that, if you're in the auto industry, Joe Biden has made a specific promise to buy American vehicles. If he's spending taxpayer dollars on the government vehicular fleet, he's going to buy American and he's going to buy electric. And that means new jobs and new factories. And that drives voters. Whether or not they love his running mate, they love Biden's running mate. Georgia appears to be turning blue for the first time since Jimmy Carter. And you know, we should give full credit to the voter registration and get out the vote efforts of Stacey Abrams and others. Let me tell you, Stacey is not my cup of tea for reasons outside of this conversation. But, you know, I think you gotta give credit where credit is due for a really excellent get out the vote effort. But you couldn't get out the vote if you ignored the fact that Atlanta 
is a growing metropolitan region with a vibrant economic sector, a banking sector, a technology sector. Atlanta is not the old South. The Western states voted, we think Arizona will carry as well, but the, the best Western states have all voted for Biden. Not necessarily because they embraced everything that Biden stands for. Um, they may not like his go, his go slow approach on climate. Um, they may not like some of the tax increases, but well, you know what? Every Western state has a major tourist economy. It's one of the top three drivers of their economies. Okay, and they all know from Las Vegas to Seattle, at Disneyland, and in the Utah uh, Mountain National, you know, Zion and Bryce, etc., and Grand Canyon, they all know their tourist economies are not going to recover without solving the COVID crisis. And one place that the pre election polls were correct. Voters did have more confidence in Joe Biden's ability to save lives amid a pandemic than they did in Donald Trump's. Which brings me to two final points. With the exception of a few people willing to endure hypothermia in order to see Donald Trump before them, live and in living color, laying out all his grievances, what we like to call the cult, right, of Trumpism, Few people, few people among the numbers I outlined above, few people cast their ballot for Donald Trump the man, even when they did cast their ballot for his administration's economic policies. So you see, we are at a transition point. Until our economy is fixed, we cannot move forward toward the 21st century of promise, a second American century, until we tackle the COVID crisis, which is the barrier to a thriving U.S. economy, an economy that puts us in a position to be globally competitive, something that we're seeing welcomed around the world today. So you see, beyond being a transitional figure in American history, for Joe Biden, it's the economy, stupid. It almost always is the voters' personal sense of safety and prosperity that drives voters to the polls on election day, and it is why American elections remain so hard fought and so narrowly won. We are going to have lots of time to talk about polling and about policy in coming episodes. But today, it's time to lock arms and let the healing begin. Thanks for listening to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. You can learn more at reimagineamerica.org. Got a comment or an idea for a future show? Email Joyce at reimagineamerica.org or find her on Twitter at Joyce Cordy or at Reimagine Radio. Take a minute now and go to reimagineamerica.org. 
join the forum. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you love the podcast, donate and tell others. You can invite Joyce to speak at your next meeting or conference through reimagineamerica.org. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at ricochet.com or c-sweetnetwork.com. That's c-sweetnetwork.com. Together, we really can reimagine America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.